Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that still makes freshman mistakes. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the middlest brother. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the oldest brother. And that would be me, Trey Newman. All right. Before we uh, get into a brief recap of week three, I want to encourage everyone to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search College Football Bros Podcast on YouTube. And we've got uh, a video coming out later today. We're going to make our playoff and Heisman picks for the season. So be sure to check that out. Give it a thumbs up for us. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into week three. So Oklahoma State trailed Tulsa at home seven to three. Going into the fourth quarter, Spencer Sanders, of course, went down early in the game with an ankle injury, but they ended up scoring 13 unanswered to win 16 to seven. So, guys, how worried should Oklahoma State fans be? Well, first of all, I would have bet a significant amount of money that in this game specifically, there'd be more than 10 points scored going into the fourth quarter with these yeah. two offenses. Um I'd be a little concerned, especially obviously with Spencer Sanders hobbled. But I mean, true freshman Shane Ellingworth, he kind of came in and actually looked pretty good. He provided a spark. Uh, he was really their third string guy. Um, but I'm not going to write off the offense just yet. I'm, I'm just going to kind of chalk it up to a hiccup. But it's a little alarming in the sense that last year, Ch- Chuba Hubbard just went off against this Tulsa defense and this year he was completely shut down, so it's a little mystifying there. I'm, I guess, I'll just kind of chalk it up to, uh, to a little first game COVID jitters. I don't know. It was just an odd, odd game. Yeah, a lot of the whole Big Twelve needs just a redo on week one on their yeah. first games. I mean, it's it was kind of weird. Uh, luckily, Oklahoma State was able to survive. I'm going to look at it from a positive point of view. Look at their defense. Look how good their defense played. I mean, they mm-hmm. shut down Tulsa. Tulsa's got a solid offense, so. I'm not that worried about the offense. I mean, the only thing that does worry me is Sanders' ankle. Um, but if he's able to come back and be, you know, healthy-ish, <laughs> pretty healthy uh, this year, then I think they'll get it going. I, I, you know, they got too many playmakers, too, too good offense, too many returning production to come back and to to really struggle throughout the year. You know, it's okay to struggle in one game; it happens, especially in the first one. But yeah. um, I'm encouraged by the defense and how well they played. So, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm not worried. Like it's it's not good, but uh, yeah. I'm going to temper my expectations or temper my disappointment, I guess. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit more worried than each of you guys. And it's for obviously because of the the health going forward of Spencer Sanders, but honestly, mostly the offensive line. Cause that, that was a group that lost some starters this off season, you know, one to retirement yeah. one, I think got dismissed from the team. So that was the kind of question mark of the, the whole offense. And it reared its head in this game, three point yards, per carry for Chuba Hubbard, seven sacks allowed. That That is a, a worry going forward if your goal is to win the Big 12. It's true. Yep. Uh, okay, next game, UCF pulled away from Georgia Tech in the fourth quarter to win 49-21 on the road. Big win for them. Uh, Ryan, what'd you see here? Yeah, I mean, UCF got off to a hard start. You know, they were up pretty big early. They were looking good. Then kind of just slowed down there for a while. They had a little bit of a mid-game lull and Georgia Tech kind of made it a game there. They cut it to seven. It was like 28-21. Um, and you thought, hey, Georgia Tech could could pull this one out here. But then, yeah, they UCF outscored them 21-0 from that point on. But Jeff Sims, he's, uh, he's going to be good. He's going to be good, but he's not good yet. Um, it's kind of had some couple of other picks in this game. I had two picks in the last game. Um, and he was just out of A really bad I'd, fumble early, too. Yeah, he's... Just, he, he's He's a true freshman. It's definitely shows. Um, he was just far outshined by Dylan Gabriel, a sophomore over at for UCF. And he had a huge game. He threw for over 400 yards. And it's a good looking game for UCF. I mean, they just beat a team by 28 that just went in and beat Florida State the week before. So if you're UCF, you got to feel pretty solid about yourself. Um, and I, I wish they could have. They probably wish they could have faced a top 25 non-conference opponent to give themselves that extra boost they might might have wanted for you know playoff yeah. consideration or maybe g6 consideration or group of six or uh, new year six consideration but <laughs> yeah whatever six so i mean it's it was a great game for ucf first game on looking good yeah i mean dylan gabriel yeah looked unbelievable that guy he's is, yeah he's 
you know, if they keep winning and he keeps having games like this, he'll obviously be uh, play himself into Heisman consideration. Sure. I know it's hard for a G5 guy to win it, but uh, yeah, they, they did what they needed to do. All, all you can do if you're UCF is win it against your schedule and you got to hope that Georgia Tech ends up having a good year that Jeff yeah. Sims eliminates eliminates some of those freshman mistakes going forward. Um, but as far as Georgia Tech, I'm not I'm not too discouraged. Like this is year two of a big rebuild, and you've still got a, a promising looking quarterback. Yeah, you're going to have games like this where you know they they tried to hang in there as long as they could, but UCF is just way yeah i know offensively they were in the game in the third quarter and i would be not disappointed at all if i was georgia tech no i'm i'm actually more encouraged after watching this i mean the the true freshman he's obviously sims is obviously green but like they they put up good numbers as an offense but you like you touched on ryan they struggle with the turnovers but that's going to happen as this youth develops like they were also without some key starters on offense and defense so they weren't 100 percent full strength like I'm I'm kind of taking this as an optimistic side because UCF is legit, man. Their offense is so fun to watch. Like I'm gonna w- want to watch them every time they play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They're good. All right the the big game of the night was Miami, and they got an easy victory at Louisville, forty seven thirty four. And the story of the game was, of course, Miami's new offense under Rhett Lashley. Derek King, great game, eighteen to thirty, three hundred twenty five yards, three touchdowns. Cameron Harris had another big day on the ground. So obviously, I think all of us, really everybody has to upgrade their opinion of Miami's offense yet again, probably did the same thing after the the UAB game week one. But I'm going to temper it a little bit. I'm not ready to say that they're, you know, a top 15 offense yet or that Miami's back because I think an equally big story in this game was Louisville's defense. It looked terrible. There were guys out of position. It looked like last year because last year, Miami with not a great offense at the time, put up 52 on Louisville and Jaron Williams had six touchdowns. So I I think that kind of performance has to give you a little bit of pause when, you know, if you're, if you're going to the Miami's back kind of a level. So that's, again, I'm encouraged, but not crazy. I, I totally agree with that. And I think, uh, I think we can all agree that Cunningham needs to go back to McHale, apparently because Malik, (laughs) Malik Malik was bad luck this week, um, mm-hmm. but but uh, uh, for those that don't know, he was changing his name back uh, to uh, to Malik or whatever. It's it's hard to keep him straight now. Actually, I'm getting confused. Mikhail it's Malik. Malik now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but honestly, you touched on how bad that defense was. It was really horrendous. Like Miami was, I, I'm like you with their offense. There, I love Derek King and I love the tempo with Rhett Lashley, but. I mean, some of the plays that they had were against air. Like there was a the first possession of third quarter, they had just a simple kind of wide run. Cameron Harris runs seventy five yards for a touchdown. Louisville comes back, scores a touchdown. The very next play, Miami just threw like a little out just because ten yards down the field because there was no defender within like twenty yards of the receiver. Yeah. And he ran seventy five yards for a touchdown. So like that's not going to happen at all every week. But they obviously, you know. Uh, force the defense's hand a little bit and, and apply that pressure. So um, I'm looking forward to the the Miami offense. I am more encouraged than I was, but I'm also like you, Mike, I'm a little tempered, especially since now they play Florida State, Clemson, and Pitt in their next three games. So they can prove it. Yeah, yeah. we'll learn a lot after those three. Sure. I guess, uh, yeah, I'm definitely... I'm I'm saying with you guys, I'm I'm more encouraged, obviously, on Miami's offense right now, especially mainly just because Derek King, um, you know, I mean, he's even when they go up against tougher defenses. I mean, I know Derek King's he look he looks more like the Derek King that we saw a couple years ago, right? So that's kind of gives you the encouragement, even when they do face better D, that they'll still be able to at least. Of course, they're not going to put up the offense they may have did against Louisville, but competent to move the ball and you know um, put up some points. I'm kind of looking at it from Louisville's point of view. It's like, man we still suck again on defense. Like, you know, (laughs) it's, it's too bad. Like it's going to hurt them. This was going to be such an explosive offense. um, And they just couldn't pair it with an improved defense. It seems, seems like they're going to struggle again on that side of the ball. And it's going to hold them back from reaching the potential that they probably could have got to with that great offense. So it's kind of disappointing if you're a Louisville fan there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Let's uh, quickly get through some of the other big games, get to the rapid recaps, get us started, Trey. All right, we had Syracuse and Pitt. Pitt won this one 21 to 10. 
Syracuse offense is pitiful. I mean, see what I did. Pitiful. Pitiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, But they've shown nothing through the first couple weeks. DeVito, he threw a pick on a screen pass. Like, that's hard to do. Uh, (laughs) You know what his yard per attempt is at this point? It's it can't it's be negative. Good. Yeah, I saw that. No, his yards. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three. But, uh, it's three. three. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's too bad three too yards. because the Orange have they have a good defense, um, but it's yeah. just not good enough to overcome such a horrendous offense so far. Their lone touchdown was when their backup Rex Culpepper threw a long touchdown pass, and it was kind of cool moment for him because he's he recovered from cancer recently. Uh, but part of the reason though is Syracuse only had 171 yards because that pit defense though is very good and they're living up to the hype so if Pickett can improve the offense just a little bit they're going to be tough this season next one is App State at Marshall Marshall pulled the upset here 17 to 7 freshman Grant Wells didn't play all that great but Brandon Brendan Knox was the man at running back going for 138 and a touchdown the Marshall defense though they played great held Zach Thomas and the Mountaineers in check two plays of the game though were in the fourth fourth quarter. Thomas hit their tight end for a 41-yard pass. It looked like he might actually rumble into the end zone, but Marshall punched the ball out and recovered it in the end zone for a, a touchback. Huge play. It was one of those you saw coming, too. You saw the guy <laughs> running. You know, you got to yell, wolf, wolf. And it's, they're always going to try and punch it out. So yep. if you're the receiver, like, you know that's coming. But he wasn't Especially as a it. tight end. Like, he, he knew he wasn't going to be able to outrun yeah, You're going to get caught up, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was the biggest play. And then late in the yeah, game, they missed, a, they missed a short field goal to cut it to seven with about three minutes to go. Yeah. So that was that was brutal. But good win for Doc Holliday's boys. Absolutely. And also had a, I think it was a a big run for a touchdown that was called back because the, the running back, he had like just trucked somebody and then ran for, I think a touchdown, but when he trucked the guy, his knee barely hit the ground. <laughs> so oh yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was a tough blow for app state. My last one here is Navy at Tulane. This is just a bizarre game. Tulane was up 24, nothing at half. And at that point, Navy had lost the first six quarters, 79 to three. Tulane, they they were threatening to put it away, but they threw a pick near the Navy goal line. Then all of a sudden, Navy just like woke up. They rose from the dead and they went on a tear. They ended up gaining almost 300 yards in the second half. They converted a two-point conversion. The defense had a safety. The defense was playing lights out. They ended up kicking a field goal on the last play of the game to m- complete the comeback and win 27-24. Ooh, pick, pick in the goal, in the goal line when you're going to put it away. Ooh, yeah, hmm. that's killer. All right, uh, I've got NC State winning a back-and-forth game against Wake Forest, 45-42. Bailey Hockman got the start uh, for the, I guess, I think Devin Leary was out for COVID reasons, and he played very well. So he looks to be, I think he has, he's now the starter for, for NC State, even with Devin Leary coming back. But the story of the game was NC State's running game. Bam Knight, Ricky Person, and Jordan Houston combined for 250 yards on 6.8 yards per carry. So that offensive line looks to be much improved. And Wake Forest out to an 0-2 start, and they've still got some really tough games on the schedule. They've got Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, Notre Dame. Well, that, that be, one just got postponed, right? So that Yeah, it did get postponed, but they rescheduled it for later. So yeah. it could be a tough year for, for Dave Clawson. Uh, Liberty won at Western Kentucky 30-24. to They were two touchdown underdogs. But Hugh Freeze looks to have found his his next quarterback to replace Buckshot Calvert. He's got Malik Willis, the transfer from Auburn, really good in this game, mostly on the ground. 21 carries, 168 yards, and three touchdowns against what we thought was going to be a really good Western Kentucky defense, but so far, two weeks in, has played pretty bad. Uh, and then final two games I have are two blowouts by ACC teams. Clemson over the Citadel. They were up 49-0 at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence just th- you know, throwing perfect passes in the end zone. And the live betting line at this time was Clemson minus 72 and a half. Ooh, wow. Which is just crazy. Final score ended up being 49 nothing. So Clemson oh, I, that's crazy. I got to look at live bets more. I didn't that's crazy. 70 70- Well, I didn't have access to that book cuz someone posted it in our our Patreon wow. Discord. Um and I was like, I would take that plus 72 and a half. I know and, that's uh, like, man, I don't know. Everyone really got to pour it on. They, you yeah. know, as we've seen from a couple of games so far this year, OU'd had it. And then now Clemson, Teams I mean, they really, really take their foot off the gas. Yeah, they amazing. do. After halftime, it's over. Like, we're not going to score 
unless I mean, usually really... they'll score like 49 nothing. I would have thought maybe they'd put up, I don't know, like 63 maybe or something. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But 72. Wow. That's, that's a big yeah, number. Taking that had I known. That's cool. Anyway, USF at Notre Dame. So the Irish just completely dominated 52 to nothing. Hard to take much away here other than that. Notre Dame's running game seems to be the thing that's going to carry them this year. And yeah. they did what they're supposed to do as probably the second best team in the ACC. Yeah. USF got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. My first game, I have uh, Boston College at Duke. Uh, BC dominated here. Uh, they won in Durham 26 to 6. Uh, they outscored Duke 20. I'm sorry. They outscored Duke 19 to nothing uh, in the second half. Phil Jerk Jerkovich looked really good. I mean, he is he was oof, 17 of 23 for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. BC all of a sudden looks like a tough out, uh, tough game here in the ACC. Uh, you know, with that good, good ground game, solid quarterback defense looks pretty good. So that's well, it was Duke, but six points. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty Duke good. Shot themselves in the foot. They They had a lot of turnovers, but. So. Yeah, but a very, very encouraging game here just because of Djokovic. I mean, that's just got to raise your eyebrows a ton for, for BC fans. Like, hey, we might actually be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they got North Carolina, Pitt, and Virginia Tech in their next three games. Boston College does. So three good teams that will really test. They have, a, I think they play a, like a FCS team or something in the next this week, but three ACC games after that are tough. They play so. Texas State. Texas State. Okay, that's what it is. All right, yeah. So there you go. So. We'll see, but a very, very good start. Oh, yeah, still me. Um, <laughs> second game is uh, Louisiana Lafayette at Georgia State. Um, maybe Lu- the Raging Cajuns had a bit of a hangover here after their big win uh, against Iowa State, but, you know, we shouldn't underestimate Georgia State. They they should have a solid team this year. ton of returning production from a decent team last year. Um, Elijah Mitchell for, for uh, the Raging Cajuns had a big game on the ground. Um, and they, they really needed it. They were down two touchdowns early in the game. Um, they ended up forcing overtime, kind of clawed their way back. Um, and they won 34, 31, uh, in overtime. So their new year six bowl spot stays alive. Uh, my final game is Louisiana tech at Southern miss. This was a pretty crazy game. I mean, these two teams are kind of battling it out, uh, in that conference USA division, um, right behind UAB, uh, Southern miss led 27 to 10, uh, in the third quarter. But Louisiana Tech made a run. They cut it to a one-score game. So when they, they got the ball with down six with about five minutes left, they went on a long five-minute drive and ended up scoring on fourth and goal to win the game 31-30. to 30. Uh, The guy, they, they originally ruled the receiver out. Um, yeah. But, you know, on replay, it showed that he barely got his foot in. And so they tied it and then kicked the extra point and won. So that was just a crazy finish there and a good comeback win for the Bulldogs. Okay, let's uh, move on to uh, our segment, and then we'll get to week four picks. But first, actually, we've got a word from my bookie. Eventually, yeah, <laughs> we'll get yeah. that. I'm, we'll get I'm, it. Well, one of these days. <laughs> I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Okay. Hey, my bookie's got a little promotion again this weekend. I've there I've you said, go. Tell them about it, Ryan. It's like, yeah. So there's there's they are offering like bonus odds Saturday. I think they call it or what is it? I got to look it up too now. No. What's it called? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Something Saturday. So you're giving you like way better odds on some some picks that you normally would. So it's like essentially you have to bet it. Just you know, if you're a, you're part yeah, of yeah, they're it. boosting that boosting the odds. Boosting like one of them league. wasn't it? If Kansas State scores at all, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. If Kansas State scores any points at all, then you the odds are like if you bet ten bucks, you'll get ten bucks. You'll get you know a total of twenty back, right? So you know you'll win ten bucks. So it's like yep. yeah, I think K State can score a point versus OU. So. You know, there's oh. some other ones like that where it's like, ooh, that looks very, very attractive. So another reason to join. Yeah. So anyways, our on to my bookie. Winning season, once again, returns here. It, re, it means doubling your first deposit. Winning season also means insane player props, epic bonuses, the craziest cross-sport cross wagers. Winning season means watching live sports and betting sports all season long. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they seem to be starting right where they left off. The NFL has returned in a big way. You got action-packed Sundays, huge games on Saturdays. There's prizes week in and week out. It's fun to get in on the action. Use the promo code that you can see on our screen if you're watching on YouTube. All caps, CFBROS. That's CFBROS, and you can double your first deposit 
up to a thousand dollars. There is a 10, 10 times uh, rollover on that, but up to a thousand dollars in free play when you with your first deposit. You can bet with the best in the NFL this season for your chance to win big. Finally, that's promo code CF Bros, and you can double your first deposit. So join my bookie. It's been fun so far for all of us. We've we've all joined. We've been I've been yeah. making money so far. You've, Ryan yeah, and you've, I are going to put them out of business, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> it'll come to a crashing end here pretty soon. I sure yeah. had some good early season. It's the curse though. of a good start. You know, now I'm confident. Now I'm really setting myself up here. Letting it fly. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to our segment. So we each get to take two mulligans here from our, our preview episodes. So we've previewed the ACC, the Big 12, three G5 conferences. And they've all, of course, played some games so far. So we're each going to give uh, yeah, two kind of predictions or maybe opinions you expressed that you wish you could have back. We're going to give you the chance to, to take them back right now. So, Trey, what's your first one? My first one came from our ACC preview, and it was about Florida State. I, was, I had them over the seven wins. I was optimistic on Norvell and Blackman and turning that offense around. It looked really like more of the same in their from last the last couple seasons when they played Georgia Tech and lost. Norvell, I mean, unfortunately now has COVID. Who knows how long he'll be gone? Now the Knolls are a double digit underdog to Miami. I mean, they're they're staring zero and two. So over seven's not looking that promising. No, no. Uh, for me, my first one, I was I was very low on Syracuse's defense. I said, you know, last year they were bad. They lost their two best edge rushers. They were 121st in returning production, and they're switching schemes, switching to that 3-3-5 with new defensive coordinator Tony White. So I just didn't see it going well. But first two games, given the the situations the offense has put them in by not moving the ball at all, leaving them on the field a lot, they've done pretty well. I mean, they, they kind of eventually caved at the end of that North Carolina game, but it was understandable. The offense just <laughs> was not putting them in good yeah. positions. And against Pitt, they played well the whole game, so... Uh, so yeah, the defense looks solid, or at the yeah. very least, okay. Yeah, it does. Which was a little bit weird since last year they were supposed to be pretty darn good and ended up being not so good. I know this year know. they were not supposed to be that great, but they're looking pretty solid. Um, okay, I'll go with. Uh, I had Miami under seven and a half. Um, it's still a ways to go for sure, but they've first off beating UAB is no slouch. Uh, that that was a solid team that won multiple, like what ten games last year. So that is a uh, maybe Dutch will digits games, but that's that was a good test. That one, so that was a good one. Then, of course, just the win at Louisville that's it was really a huge kind of toss up game there. And that was a so between Miami and Louisville and their over unders, I always felt like that game was a huge swing one for, for both teams. So sitting at 2 and 0, um, they're looking pretty darn good. Okay, all right. My uh, my next one, I was pretty high on or at least optimistic on Middle Tennessee's offense i oh. thought asher o'hara i thought asher o'hara was going to bounce back they had that tough game against army and i kind of like wrote that off and and then last week i said you know stock still asher o'hara is going to light it up they're going to pick up back up and and but then they lost 47 14 to troy as a favorite at home o- o'hara only had 150 yards and a pick I'm just really now all of a sudden I'm not too confident that uh, that Asher can can get uh, no, yeah. turned around in Murfreesboro. Happened. They're one of the worst teams in college football right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. And They're and terrible. O'Hara was so good last year on offense, or he was encouraging and run. Yeah. All right. Uh, my second one is is making Iowa State over six and a half wins my lock. I mean, I'm not panicking about the the team. Like I still think they're good, um, but. You know, losing as a double-digit favorite at home to Louisiana itself is, and and just the way Purdy and the offense played causes me to, of course, downgrade them a little bit. But really, the big thing is just the fact that it is a loss. So now they need to go seven and two in Big Twelve play in order to go over, which even before the season I would have thought was was kind of a long shot. So I was kind of counting on them getting a win in game one. Yep. Yep. All right. I'll hear you there. Uh, all right, my last one here. I got. I'm going to say I regret taking Texas Tech over the four and a half. They did get a win, but uh, <laughs> boy, they got to win four more games in the Big Twelve. Ah, they gave up nearly 600 yards passing to um, Houston Baptist. I 
they barely won the game. They you know, had to squeak it out. Uh, yeah. Houston Did you say over 400 yards passing? No, I said nearly 600. Oh, nearly. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. At least that's I not even close to the, what you said. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, what are you? <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, that's pretty rough. And then that same Houston Baptist team got trucked by North Texas the week before. And then, then you see North Texas just get trucked by was it SMU. So it's, it's not looking good for Texas Tech to get four Big 12 wins. So I, I wish I could take that back. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There's our mulligans. Um, let's let's go into our week four picks. We've got finally a sort of a not a full slate, but pretty close. We got the SEC, yeah. of course, coming back. Um, so we've got some big favorites here with uh, the top teams back in action. If I told you one of these four games I'm about to list is going to be a one score game late in the second half, which one would you choose? So we've got Kansas State at OU, OU's favorite 28. Alabama minus 28 at Missouri. Georgia is favored 26 at Arkansas. And Vanderbilt goes to AM. The Aggies are favored 30 and a half. So, Ryan, which one of those games would it not totally shock you to be close late in the game? Yeah, that is tough. Um, I don't I mean, I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but I'm gonna <laughs> don't worry about that, Ryan. Don't worry about that. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Georgia. At Arkansas. Oh, so you think Georgia's going to lose to Arkansas? <laughs> yeah. Wow. You heard me? it here for, you heard wow, it here for. Yeah, I'm calling it. Yeah. Okay. What an idiot, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I just, Cal Trask going to be first round pick or number one pick? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Uh, people would have laughed if you said Joe Burrow would have ended up being the number one pick. That is actually, that's <laughs> true. I, I can't deny that. So just laugh at me now. <laughs> I will. All right. Yeah, you are. I'm just we laughed at you for Baylor last year to win the Big Twelve. It almost happened. I'm chuckling maybe on myself your, a little bit on maybe that. This is that your Baylor this from Trask, but I'm not sure how Lawrence just slipped my mind in the moment. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Justin Fields, yeah, just I could, I you know, yeah, I, yeah we'll see. All right, All right, we'll get there. I uh, so Georgia at Arkansas here. Uh, I just think maybe maybe the first game with the, uh, the new quarterback here for for Georgia, they could really come out sloppy and sluggish uh, on offense. We know how much they have to per, uh, re, uh, kind of replace uh, offensively, especially up front. Um, so that's going to be a lot of new pieces that could maybe just I see I could see them just kind of stumbling their toe and really not so much of what Arkansas could do more just about maybe Georgia just kind of coughs it up or somehow messes up. So. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to happen, but, um, you know, I can see that. And maybe Rakeem Boyd for Arkansas can cut, break a couple of nice runs. He's a really good running back. So uh, and Felipe Franks has experience in, in big games, so he could maybe hold his own. So, yeah, maybe. Why not? Arkansas. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of torn between a couple of these because uh, I do think they're all going to be sound defeats. I, I agree, though, Ryan, with the Georgia-Arkansas. I mean, it's on the road. Mixing in that new offense with you got the new offensive coordinator and now a new quarterback that you didn't think you might have had a, a couple of weeks back. Um, I'm not like worried that the offense won't perform, but maybe it'll take them a, a half to get their their kinks out. And Felipe Franks might lead some spirited drives against maybe the best defense in the country. That'll be that'll be difficult, but uh, maybe just a, a first half struggles before they they pull away. Yeah. Well, this is boring because we all picked the same game. I mean, it is the lowest point spread, so I guess it's not crazy. And again, none of us are predicting this, but if <laughs> there is one of these four, then then sure. Uh, nah, pretty much echo the reasons you guys did. And we should talk about who will be the quarterback where you know, they haven't said it yet, but a lot of people think Dewan Mathis is the favorite. Of course, he's a redshirt freshman coming back from a, a brain cyst he had last year, so kind of a, a really good story. Mm-hmm. Um, JT Daniels, as far as I think we know hasn't been cleared yet for for full full contact at least that has been publicly publicly yeah. reported so we'll see what happens there. Um yeah, let's see these other games we got I mean K-State at OU it, K-State beat them last year. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's a K-State team. Oklahoma's I, had some some losses uh uh on the on their defense, you know, guys getting kicked off the team or or injured so and like uh, Missouri, K State's better than Missouri State, who OU just freaking trucked. But K State didn't look so good in their uh, 
their first no, game. No, they didn't. So. And I should say, oh, you the players suspended. They've got a few players suspended for the first uh, several games of the season. So there's there's a reason why it could be that game. Um, Alabama at Missouri. I'll make a case. Missouri's got a really good defense, underrated defense. Yeah. I mean, you're going up against uh, yeah, Drinkwood's guys handful and uh, um, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. So we'll see if they can hold on, but. Uh, Vanderbilt, I'm sorry, I can't make a case for. No, <laughs> it's going to be, be tough. No, you could make the case that AM's offense could struggle, though. Yeah, you could make the case that that's the, you know, AM's the weakest team of the big favorites there. You know, they, oh, well, you, they, yeah, they definitely Alabama, are. Georgia, that's, but then Vandy's probably the weakest of the bad. So, yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's move on to a uh, more competitive game. We got Florida minus 14 at Ole Miss. Uh, Trey, what do you think? I'm going to take the two touchdowns with Ole Miss. I'm, I'm obviously bullish on the Gators this year, but this isn't a cakewalk first game playing on the road. They're going to allow about 16,000 fans. Ole Miss, we know they have some firepower on offense. Kiffin has already kind of said that Matt Carell and Plumlee will play. Uh, Carell will probably get the start. Kind of fits more of the the passing scheme of uh, of Kiffin. Jerion Ely, he averaged almost seven yards a carry last year. He's a good kick returner as well. Florida's defense is legit, but I think Kiffin can muster up at least some points to get within that number. Trask, uh, he's also going to be without his starting center, Ethan White. He's got a knee injury, so maybe one little thing to watch for. I think Florida's going to win, but Ole Miss gets the cover. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm taking the points with the Ole Miss. Um, just a kind of a bet on Lane Kiffin. And I think Ole Miss's defense, even though it's not going to be very good this year, the one possible question with Florida, as you mentioned it, the offensive line, especially with a, with an injury there. Uh, Kyle Trask got hit a lot last year. And Ole Miss this year could have a, a pretty good pass rush. Sam Williams was very good in his first year from JUCO last year. He's apparently back from an offseason suspension, I think. So it's one guy to look out for to give some fits to that Florida offensive line. I'll go the other way. I'll take Florida. Uh, I'm not ready for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I, I do think he'll do solid this year. But Florida is, I, I like Florida this year. I'm one, I'm very high on them. Um, Kyle Trask and the Gators offense, I trust. I trust Dan Mullen's going to have him ready to go. I know that their passing game is going to be good. Hopefully the running game is the thing that I want to see. That's the really, the main uh, kind of thing I want to see from from the Florida game, Florida offense in this game is just how are they going to run the ball this year? So hopefully they do that well, but either way, they're going to put up yards and their defense is stout. Their defense is going to be really, really good. I don't think in the Ole Miss's first offensive game, first game against this, uh, this type of defense, I think they're going to struggle. Um, and I don't, I don't trust them throwing the ball yet. So yeah, I'll, I'll say Gators big. Okay. Kentucky at Auburn. Very good game here. Auburn's favored seven and a half. I think it's going to be a relatively low scoring game. You got two very good defenses. We know Kentucky's offense with Terry Wilson, not likely to have a lot of explosive plays through the air, and they play at a very slow pace. Um, another reason it, it could be low scoring. I am on the other side a little bit lower on Bo Nix, probably significantly lower on Bo Nix than the public, it seems like. I'm sure he's going to improve, but he's going up against a really good Kentucky defense that had a secondary that performed pretty well last year with just about everybody back. I just don't see... Auburn putting up a ton of points here. So uh, in a low-scoring game, I'm I'm usually taking the underdog. The the points are that much more valuable. So give me Kentucky. Yeah, same sediments. I just don't think that Auburn has enough firepower to really separate themselves from a good defensive team that has a good ground game like Kentucky will. That Kentucky offensive line is going to be able to carve some holes against pretty much anybody. Um, so that'll, again, kind of t- go to Michael's point of slowing the game down. So those two things make it really hard to blow out a team. And Kentucky's not a team that tends to turn the ball over. So, yeah, I just, you know, it's going to be a 21 to 17 type of game. Um, but I'm, I think all Kentucky will take will cover. You guys make compelling arguments, but I'm going to take Auburn. And for whatever reason, I'm actually going to make them my lock. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, I Malzahn, I was reading some of his quotes giving me hope on Bo Nix saying, I think you'll see him definitely improve. He's a different player right now. I just, I wasn't really expecting those exact words from him. So uh, I like Kentucky, but it's a tough first game on the road at Auburn, uh, especially for over a year off for Terry Wilson. He's not a polished passer. I want to see him knock some rust off uh, before I really 
kind of start to buy into Kentucky. Like I like them. I love their defense and their run game, but if they're behind and they have to pass, that's, that's, that's trouble. Good point. Okay. Let's go to the ACC. We got Louisville at Pitt. Pitt is favored by three, Ryan. Yeah. uh, You know, I know Louisville just had a tough one, obviously against Miami, but when you go up against Pitt, Kenny Pickett doesn't present as many challenges as a guy like Derek King does. So I think it can look a lot, a lot different there for that Louisville defense going up against a little bit easier offense to go up against. Um, wasn't super impressed, obviously, with Pitt last week uh, against Syracuse. Syracuse's offense is completely anemic, and Pitt still couldn't really distance themselves from the orange. Um, that that was concerning to me. Um, but you know, if Pitt does win, um, I think we'll be very, very close um, because I know Malik Cunningham, Javion Hawkins, Tutu Atwell, Des Fitzpatrick. That Louisville offense—they're gonna put up some points. Okay, they're not gonna get shut down, and I don't trust Pitt to put up a ton of points really against anybody, but. Um, unless they're playing Austin P, which not playing Austin P here. I know Louisville's <laughs> defense isn't great, but yeah. I think they can really with that offense keep it close. I I'm just gonna take the points because I think this one's pretty much a toss up. So yeah, I'll take the points with Louisville. Say so they bounce back. Yeah, I agree with I think everything you just said right there. The one thing that gives me cause for pause here is uh Louisville's offense did not handle the Miami pass rush very well, and Pitt is as good or maybe even better. I, I mean, that's that's a strong statement, but that pit defense They're good. is ridiculous. They're number two in SP plus, I think, right now. So uh, imagine that Twyman. I know. Imagine, yeah, Jalen Twyman wasn't sitting out the season, but even without him, they're great. But like you, they, I just think they've got so many weapons. Louisville is going to find a way to put up points, just like they did last week. I mean, not enough, but yeah, um, put up like 34. you said, they're going up against Pickett now without his potentially without his top receiver, Tacey or Mack. I don't know if he's going to be back or not, but. That uh, that causes me to take plus three. I'm going to go the other way. I don't want to overreact to Louisville and their bad defense, but I guess I kind of am. I'm, I need them to to prove it to me. I'm just going to go with the the better the better defense and and Pickett and Pitt. We we kind of knocked them, but I'm sure they can they can put up points against a average to below average defense. Yeah. So I think they'll. I'm not too concerned with. The offense they they can't match score for score, but I think their defense Pitt's defense will be able to slow down Louisville more than uh, than Pitt or Louisville can Pitts. So okay, I'll take Pitt. All right, Iowa State minus at TCU. What do you think, Trey? Iowa State they've had a couple weeks to lick their wounds. It might be an advantage since they they have a game under their belts and they can address those issues. TCU, obviously, they had their opener next against SMU. Um, now going into the game with a couple quarterbacks, we had surprising news that Max Duggan is, is back in the fold, but Patterson sounds like he's actually leaning towards Matthew Downing at this point. Uh, either way, they're going to have a new weapon. Just because, every se- just because uh, Duggan's Duggan been, out been practicing. Yeah. 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 Um, but no matter who's playing at, at quarterback, they got a new weapon this year, new toy, J.D. Spielman at receiver and probably punt returner. Uh, I think Patterson's Frogs, though, are going to bounce back this year. They're always near the top uh, of the Big 12 in defense. They got their leading tackler from the Big 12, Garrett Wallow. Pro Football Focus has TCU's um, cor- corners, or sorry, safeties as the top two in the conference, Morrig and Washington. I think they're going to prevent Purdy from bouncing back. I'm going to take TCU plus the points. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to take TCU also here. Um, I, I wasn't super high, uh, obviously, on them coming into the year just because I don't think that offense is going to be good at all. Um, but, you know, from Iowa State, that we obviously weren't expecting that. But, you know, I, I can't trust them right now, especially since their stud tight end, Charlie Kohler. He's going to travel, I guess, to to Fort Worth. But I don't know if he's he's Matt Campbell. He's already came out and said he's not 100 percent. So. I wouldn't count on him even playing. And if he does nowhere near the Charlie Kohler that we're ex- used to seeing. So if they, if he had, if they had him a full hundred percent healthy, I'd take Iowa state, but cause they desperately need that. I mean, they did, were really lacking playmakers. So they couldn't get any separation against Louisiana. I'll say Louisiana uh, when they played. Um, so yeah, uh, just for that point, I, I'm going to take TCU cause they do have going to have a good solid defense. So there's no way Iowa state's going to put up a bunch of points. So I'm, I'm taking the horn frogs. All right, I'm going against you guys. I'm I'm just not going to let one mediocre performance from Iowa State get me off them. I was super high on them coming into the year, um, and just the the it's I, honestly it's combination combination of me being a little bit high on on Iowa State coming into the year and just low on TCU with Matthew Downing. Like the quarterback 
disparity here between Purdy and Downing is just, I think, huge. Downing was a former walk-on. We just don't know what to expect from him at all. He's going up against a really good Iowa State defense. It wasn't the defense's fault that they lost a couple weeks ago. So no. I, uh, I'll i take Iowa State on the road, and I'm going to make it my lock. Ooh. All right. Uh, Mississippi State at LSU is our next game. LSU is favored 16 and a half. This one is, for me, very hard to pick. We've got Mississippi State with yeah. brand-new head coach Mike Leach, new quarterback KJ Costello, totally new offense, of course. Then on the other side, you've got LSU with Miles Brennan at quarterback, basically a whole new team, whole new roster, it feels like. Um, and I'm just I'm kind of low on both teams coming into the year. Uh, so it's I don't know who to pick, but I'm just going to lean on the talent, I guess, of LSU. And I just think Mississippi State, I know, I think at least me and Trey disagree on this one. I think they could get off to a slow start in in Leach's tenure because at Wazoo, the, the year one, the offense was terrible. It, it took him a while to get that thing going. So I could see that happening. Uh, it's a different here. scenario, brother. Different scenario. I know. Yeah, a little different. Um, he's got. But he's yeah, inheriting a little bit more, but I, I, I hear you. Like I'm not expecting Mississippi State to be all world. So I. But with that said, I'm going to take the points with Mississippi State. I'm. I'm just basically in this prove it to me mode with LSU at this point. Um, just since they had so much attrition from last year. I want to see all the new pieces work together before I really start trusting them. And honestly, if you're going to play LSU, this would be the time to do it. If you're Leach and KJ Costello, you can, it's as good a spot you can ask for early in the season before they all gel. And, you know, if there, if there is some form of air raid in week one, it'll put pressure on LSU's defense early. I know Derek Stingley will cover his half um, of the, of the field, but overall it presents a challenge I think Leach and Costello will know that, and they'll use Kylan Hill a little bit more than than what you'd expect in a Leach offense. LSU is going to win, but maybe not in dominant fashion. Yeah, I agree with Trey. I'm going to take uh, Mississippi State. I just think with so much uncertainty, it could be a really ugly game. We could see some weird things happen in this one, funky things, lots of turnovers, lots of fumbles, lots of just, I don't know, just things that you just go like, wow, this is first game stuff. Uh, and so I think that'll even the playing field um, for both teams. and. I just think 16 and a half is a lot, you know, that win by, I mean, Mississippi state's got talent to say that they don't is, you know, you know, they're going to have some, some pieces, their defense will be fine, should be fine. So I just got to take those big points. Okay. Uh, I'm not confident in my pick there, especially after hearing you guys, uh, Texas is favored 18 and a half at Texas tech, Ryan. I have a feeling based on your analysis of Texas tech earlier, where you're going here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Longhorns. Okay. Hook them, hook them in this game. Yeah, I mean, boy, yeah. Tech, what happened to the defense, man? I thought, it, I mean, I know it wasn't gonna be good, but like, thought it was gonna be better. I mean, giving yeah, up over 600 yards of offense to Houston Baptist, you that is. Ryan, did you say over 400 yards of offense? <laughs> I think you said 300. Yeah, oh, 300, dude. Yeah. It was way more than that. <laughs> Sam Ellinger is gonna have a field day uh, against this group. I mean, he had a field day. Uh, what is it? Was that two weeks ago now? Or was that last week where they beat? No, it's two weeks ago, right? Can't even it feels remember. like two weeks ago. It feels like two weeks ago. Um, yeah, he had a field day against UTEP, which probably fields a similar defense than Texas Tech does at this point. Wow. So, I mean, the Texas <laughs> Tech is... Far. So I, I easily... I think Texas will score 49 in this game without even blinking. Like, they'll just... It's just going to happen. There's... So it's so much so much better, but the question is how much can Texas Tech put up? All right, and then you know Bowman's a solid quarterback, and they put up obviously a lot of yards against Houston Baptist, but I I don't think they can get to like thirty ish. I I I think Texas defense is much improved. They smothered UTEP in that first game. I know UTEP isn't great, but they look different. They Texas wasn't really smothering anybody. Um, so I I think they are really going to give trouble to that Texas Tech offense. Get some turnovers. Um, I think Ellinger is just going to easily win this game. Um, so I'll, I'm going to take Texas Tech and make them uh, text. I'm going to take Texas and I'm going to make them my lock. I'm taking the Longhorns too, but I, I feel like everyone in the, the public is going to be on Texas. So it might be a, a square betting play here just because everyone kind of knows how much Texas Tech struggled in that first game. But I'm like you, I think Texas is going to be licking their chops. I think they're, they're focused this year. Like they're, they want it. They're, they're on a mission. I, and I trust Ellinger. Like I know he's going to put up huge numbers. And I, I think that Texas defense is going to, this is kind of the first game they can prove that their defense is 
taking the next steps. They haven't been so great the last couple of years. If they can uh, generate some pressure on Alan Bowman, who they'll get their points and yards, but I don't think enough to to match what's with Texas here. The other thing is Texas Tech, their starting running back was arrested on Monday. So that's a that's going to be a tough, tough thing to overcome. I think the the Longhorns cover. I love Texas this year. Obviously, I'm I was in our Big Twelve preview. I, I pretty confident I went over and and was was feeling good about that. So it's tough for me to do this, but I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Texas Tech. I'm just gonna I guess buy low on Texas Tech's terrible defense because you know that's what everybody's talking about. And also they're supposed to be getting back two of their better defensive players uh this game. Colin Schooler, the really good linebacker grad transfer from Arizona, did not play in game one. He's supposed to play here. Uh Demarcus Fields, maybe more questionable as to whether he played plays but he's supposed to be back uh kind of a hybrid safety linebacker so hopefully those additions help a little bit and uh i'm thinking more a backdoor cover from from alan bowman uh okay we got a g5 matchup here well independent versus g5 army at cincinnati cincinnati's favored 13 and a half what do you think trey yeah i didn't quite foresee uh a ranked versus ranked game that i wanted to watch here a few weeks ago but uh but here we are. Ritter and the offense, they look pretty good for, for Cincinnati, but they went up against that outmatch Austin P defense. Uh, I know Army only played Middle Tennessee and Louisiana Monroe, but they've made both of them look really bad. That defense stifled both of them. Their option attack has been lethal. Christian Anderson, their quarterback, has kind of taken the reins and taken the keys from Munkin, and he's run with them. Uh, the one note for Cincinnati is their leading receiver from last year. Alec Pierce is still out with a knee injury, so they won't have one less weapon. Cincinnati's D-line is going to prevent Army from winning this one, but I do think Army's going to do enough to get the cover. Okay, I'm going to go the other way just because you mentioned the opponents Army's played. That's the currently second and third to last defenses in the country per SP+. Now, part of the reason is because Army has dominated some yeah. so much that they dropped. But still, the point is, this is a totally different animal. Cincinnati, probably the best G5 defense. Um, and they've had time to prepare because, like you said, they played an FCS school last weekend. I'm guessing they were, you know, looking ahead and and prepping for for the Army option. So I'll, I'll take Cincy. I'm going to go with Trey. I'll take Army here. I just think it's tough to to really control this team uh, with the, like, beat them beat them by a lot they're gonna shorten the game with a lot of runs and you look back to the michigan game last year they were lost us by seven at michigan so they can hang with anybody yeah. with that style of offense um year, so year I think, before against uh oklahoma took them to overtime exactly there you go so they're they're used to playing on the road in tough environments against good teams and um doing well so i don't see why they can't hang with cincinnati here okay uh west virginia at oklahoma state Cowboys are favored by seven and Mike Gundy has been pretty quiet about the status of Spencer Sanders. He was in a walking boot earlier this week. That's about all we know right now. So it's either going to be a hobbled Spencer Sanders or likely a, the true freshman Shane Illingworth at quarterback. And I'm not super confident in either of those options, even though Illingworth, you know, played well in the short time he was in there, but he's a true freshman and it's behind an offensive line that I think gave up I don't know, something like seven sacks. I think I might have That's what you mentioned. talked about that earlier. Is that what I said? Yeah. So I don't know. And they're going up against a D-line led by Darius and Dante Stills, the Stills brother. That's a really good Big 12 D-line. So I'm I'm going to take Jarrett Dagey and West Virginia to, to hang in there, plus seven. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. And I, I am kind of high here on, on West Virginia going into this year. Um, I'm just going to say that, West, that Oklahoma State really bounces back here. I mean, what would this spread of this game have been before we saw them play last week i mean like over two touchdowns probably I don't yeah, about that probably. but it would be maybe for sure double digits yeah like it, it would have been really really different so i'm just trying gonna not try to react too much to uh one week i know it's hard not to um but i still think they have a lot of weapons i from what i've seen from from illingworth he did he did obviously come in and do pretty well um, but I just think we'll see a, re- a renewed focus from them on, from that side of the ball. I think they'll probably have something to prove. Um, I think Hubbard will have a big game. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to kind of go against the grain, I guess, and just say, Hey, Oklahoma, I'll do the thing that Michael's doing by and low. So I'll buy low here on Okie state. It's just a touchdown. So I, I think they'll improve this week. Their defense is good. So maybe they can 
uh, force uh, maybe some West Virginia turnovers. Um, and West Virginia still got some questions on offense themselves. I mean, yeah, they lit it up against Eastern Kentucky, but before that, like remember last year, they literally couldn't run the ball. So we'll see what happens against a Big Twelve solid defense like Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm. I've been high on West Virginia in the off season. Love Seth Dagey, but I think it's just a bad time to play Okie State. I I was also encouraged by their defense. I think they can slow West Virginia down enough. I'm going to take Oklahoma State as well. Okay, game day is going to be at uh, Miami, so it's Florida State at Miami. What do you think of this one, Ryan? Yeah, well, we already mentioned Norvell won't be there um, for mm-hmm. test, testing positive for coronavirus, and it's just going to make it harder on Florida state and that offense that's already looking pretty bad. Um, just another hurdle for them to overcome. Um, but it's just been a rough go for FSU, like especially quarterback wise. If you think about, man, they lost out on Sam Howell. Ouch. Right. I mean, that was, that was a devastating blow. I was looking at what happened. They lost off, lost on Jeff Sims, uh, at Georgia tech, who would, you know, it would be nice to have if you're a Florida state fan right now. Heck, they even their former quarterback, uh, Bailey Hockman, started for NC state and looked pretty good again in that game. So it's like, it's brutal. Um, so I know FSU has some talent on that defense. Um, I think, but this Derek King has proven to me so far that, you know, he's, he's got a good, good job and he can handle it. So, um, I'm, I'm impressed with them. Maybe obviously the FSU can slow down Miami better than UAB and a pretty bad Louisville defense did. Cause they, you know, FSU's defense does have some nice pieces, no doubt about it. Um, but Miami doesn't have to put up 30 points, to win this one, uh, even to really win this one by maybe more than 11. <laughs> I don't think yeah. FSU is going to be able to do much offensively. So I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to give the 11 points here with Miami. Say they win pretty comfortably. Okay. I'm not confident in this pick, but I'm going to go the other way. Um, and I'm not confident because that Miami pass rush going up against this Florida state offensive line is very scary. That, that could that has potential to be ugly. Um, and, and I was low on FSU coming into the year, but I, just don't think they're as bad as they played against Georgia Tech. And they're coming off of a bye here, which is always helpful. Get two weeks to prepare. They get one of their best defensive players back. Hampson Nasruddin at safety is, is supposed to play here. Hopefully Joshua Kando can come back from that injury. Um, it's kind of questionable at this point, but that would really help to help put a little pressure on Derek King. So not confident, but rivalry game, I'll, I'll just take plus 11. Yeah, I'm going with Florida State as well. Miami benefited from playing that weaker Louisville de- Louisville defense last week. Florida State, hopefully their their defense is much superior and can keep it close because yeah, I'm I'm not overly confident in the offense, but I'm banking on the defense being able to to hold Miami in, or yeah, to hold Miami in check and keep it within the 11. Okay, here's an inst- interesting game here. We got Tennessee at South Carolina and the Vols are favored just three and a half. Trey. Yeah, it's kind of one of those fishy lines. Uh, seems like Tennessee should win this, but I'm going to take South Kakalaki here. Uh, it's it's a t- that's a tough opening game for the Vols on the road. Muschamp is going to have a really good defense this year. They're 11th in SP plus as a you know preseason. So I want to see the Vols. I want to see Garantano. Um, see if he's improved and can be more consistent with that offense. I mean, for his sake, uh, in the SEC preview, he's got one of the better offensive line. Trey Smith, Cade Mays, uh, so that's a that's an encouraging thing for him. But but I want to see on South Carolina's side. I'm kind of anxious to see Mike Bobo, the new offensive coordinator, see if Colin Hill, his old Colorado State quarterback, can get it done against a a really good Tennessee defense. But since it's the first game, the line kind of seems fishy. I'm going to take the home dog. I'm going to go the other way. I'll take the Vols here, just because mainly of the thing you just mentioned, Mike Bobo and that new offense. Uh, with a new quarterback coming in from, you know, a little bit maybe subpar competition compared compared to here, uh, like an SEC uh, Tennessee type defense. So, I just don't know if they're going to have the ball rolling quite yet. Um, and I just I just trust Tennessee there within the same system that they had. They had the advantage, obviously there. Um, they got some playmakers uh, really on defense, and I think Garrett Garretano. I'm I'm higher on him than most. I know he's been somewhat inconsistent, but if you give him a good offensive line, which he should have this year, and a good running game, I think he's going to look light years better. Um, so give me Tennessee. I think they're going to do a good job, uh, this year. I'm, I'm going to say they win this one by about a touchdown. Okay. I'm going with Trey. I'm going with South Carolina. I just, I think they're going to be better this year than people think. I mean, they're not going to be great, but like Trey said, defense is supposed to be good. Really like that secondary. Um, I like Colin Hill just because, I mean, there's, yes, it's a, a new coordinator for South Carolina, but like we said, Bobo coached, um, 
Hill at Colorado State. So he knows the offense and and he's been pretty good when healthy. So I think he'll be a lot better than Polinsky was last year. And I just think in general, this game is going to be dominated by defenses. So I'll take uh, three and a half in a low scoring game. Uh, okay, last game we're all going to go through here is NC State at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is favored six and a half. This spread would be larger if uh, we knew more about Virginia Tech because they've, of course, had some problems with COVID and last week had to cancel their game against Virginia. This week, Justin Fuente said, quote, we will not have a full roster. I hope we're able to play, end quote. So that makes <sighs> this game... Very difficult to pick. And honestly, it kind of makes you question. We've had games last week that we previewed that ended up getting canceled after we recorded it. So I don't know. Hopefully that yeah, doesn't happen with this game, but seems like at least a possibility. Um, so hard to pick. Also, because I like both teams going into the year, I thought NC State was going to be one of the most improved teams in the country. And I thought Virginia Tech had a chance to make that ACC championship. Um, so... I guess I'll, I'll lean with Virginia Tech just because my my love for the Hokies this year is is too much. I just love all they have coming back, even with a couple losses in the secondary. There's just I mean, there's like 18 returning starters, something like that. They're at home. I think they're on a different level than NC State. I agree. I mean, I was so high on on the Hokies this year that even if they're not with that full roster, I, it'd be silly for me to not still not back them. And NC State, yeah, they had a, a good win versus Wake, but it was back, back and forth. They easily could have lost. NC State's defense doesn't really scare me. Um, if I'm Hendon Hooker and the Hokies, that, I mean, the Hokies returned that pretty much their entire offensive line, a couple all-ACC players there. So I think the Hokies will be able to put up points even if they're not at, at complete full strength uh, enough to cover. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take NC State. Uh, there's a big unknown, obviously, just from as you hear from Fuente's own comments. You don't know what Virginia Tech's going to trot out there on Saturday. Um, and I know NC State's you know, most likely going to bring a really good running game um, that's going to be tough to stop. So I, I I can't, with the unknown, take of like six and a half points. I'm um, just not comfortable with that. So I think it could be an ugly, ugly game, and I think NC State can put up enough points to cover the spread here. All righty, let's uh, move on and cover some some other games that we're not all going to cover, but yep. worth bringing up. So let's get to the honorable mentions. All right, so let's move on to the first one here. This one's going to be played on Thursday. Good Thursday action game. We got UAB's favorite touchdown uh, at South Alabama. South Alabama is so close right now to being 2-0 and against some pretty solid competition. They, uh, they, they beat Southern Miss, of course, in the first kind of very first FBS game. Um, and then Tulane, they just barely lost um, at, the, at the kind of at the last moment. They had a lead, but they couldn't hang on. So anyways, they're a better team than they've been. They've done a, they've done a good job down there. So I just don't think UAB has the, the explosive offense that scares me. I'm going to take the, uh, the home dog Jaguars plus the seven points. Uh, Friday, we got a game, uh, Middle Tennessee. Oh boy. Middle Tennessee at, uh, Texas San Antonio, who is favored six and a half. That's gotta be a surprising spread before the year. If you would have thought that yeah, for sure. Um, Middle Tennessee is just falling off the face of the earth here. They have been outscored 89 to 14. Um, meanwhile, San Antonio, they're two and oh, um, I know they've played Texas state and Stephen F. Austin, but Texas state almost beat SMU. So, um, there, there's some decent competition there. I don't, I don't think that's a bad win at all. I'm going to take the Roadrunners, say they can win by a touchdown. Um, finally, I got Georgia Tech minus eight uh, at Syracuse. Syracuse covered for me last week. I'm going to go with them again. I think they can do it. I, I like, like I kind of said, I like Jeff Sims' potential at quarterback in the future for Georgia Tech, but right now he's just not not that great. Um, four picks and some turnovers, some fumbles, just not, really, not, not a great look. So I don't think Georgia Tech can really blow anybody out yet um and as pathetic as syracuse offenses offense is uh we already talked on syracuse defense much improved so i don't i i think they'll they'll keep that one close so i'm gonna take the cues home dog i like that pick uh i've got kansas at baylor baylor's favored 17 and a half it's gonna be baylor's first game with dave aranda head coach tons of new pieces on the defense not the size on the defensive line that aranda prefers new offensive coordinator as well of course um who was Larry Fedora coming in from North Carolina. And on top of that, on top of all those changes, they've been struggling with COVID. Of course, they had to cancel last week's game. So I'll take a chance and just take the points with uh, with Kansas. 
Next, I got Texas State at Boston College. Boston College is favored 17 and a half. Brian talked about Phil Dracovic earlier. Loved what I saw from him, but I did think it was a bit of a misleading score. Like I said, Duke had scoring opportunities wasted. They, you know, turnover in their own territory. So yeah. I think that game might have been closer than it was the score, no doubt. Exactly. So, uh, and Texas State, they've been playing pretty well, uh, getting some guys back from quarantine this week as well, including the quarterback, Brady McBride, though Tyler Vitt has played pretty well in his absence. So. And Vitt's been an experienced guy himself. So, yeah, but he was terrible last year. So, I <laughs> but he was experienced and <laughs> experienced. Yeah. Well, he's been better this year. So, he might get to start. But either way, I'll, I'll take the points with Texas. Uh, and then I'm just going to list some of the games we were going to cover, but they've been canceled or postponed. We got Notre Dame at Wake Forest. Maybe maybe a little Plus bit for Wake, Wake Forest. They don't want to start out 0-3. Um, North Texas at Houston. Houston's now had opponents in four straight would-be home openers. Ugh. Cancel on them. So that's that's rough. They just can't get their season started. Uh, we got Tulsa at Arkansas State and USF at FAU. Not happening this week. Wasn't Houston going to go to um baylor last week yeah last week they like scheduled that within a few days or something but oh yeah i thought you said home openers though yeah whatever whatever uh whatever ryan looks for these little details well hey michael tries to correct me off (laughs) (laughs) uh by the way the music i know it's very quiet but it stopped playing because i got an alert on my phone so very professional here oh it has been quiet i never thought i would get a text message ever yeah it must Weird. be spam. No one texts you. All Just right. It wasn't, a low, it wasn't a text message. It was a low battery warning. Oh. <laughs> That's about right. All right. Uh, my first game is Duke at Virginia. Virginia's favored five. I'm going to take the Cavs here. I'm not terribly high on them this season, especially after replacing Bryce Perkins on offense, who pretty much carried that offense. But I like their defense under Bronco Mendenhall, especially against Chase Bryce and Duke, who haven't looked all that impressive uh, in their first two games. So I'm going to take the the fresher Virginia team. Next one, I got Troy is playing at BYU. BYU's favored 14. This is the nightcap. It's a 10-15 Eastern kickoff. Yeah, we haven't seen BYU since their opening week thrashing of uh, of Navy. You're supposed to play Army what, last week, right? That was disappointing not to see that one. Yeah. Troy's offense, though, looked great with Gunnar Watson at the helm. But again, it was against Middle Tennessee, who's looked pretty poor. Uh, but they're going to move the ball better than Navy did. Uh, versus, so they'll they'll do, be able to do that. But the problem for Troy is is uh, BYU has some big boys on their offensive line. Combine that with a below average Troy defense, I think Zach Wilson is going to lead BYU to a big win because of their offense. And then we got Georgia Southern at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Their favorite eleven and a half. I'm going to go chalk here i'm taking the raging cajuns they had their letdown game last week against georgia state obviously after their big big iowa state uh, upset georgia southern they say that they're going to have a majority of their 33 players back that were out in that first game uh it's a little worrisome though that they're not confident and we don't know who and how many will still be out mix and matching some guys that yeah at full strength they could give them a game with their option attack but uh problem is no matter what, they have a pretty poor defense and it's going to be a tall task trying to slow down Levi Lewis and Elijah Mitchell. So I think Louisiana gets the win here. All right. Uh, no questionable finish this week. We're instead going to direct everybody to check out our, our YouTube page. Like we said, we're going to make our playoff and Heisman picks. So be on the lookout for that later today. It might already be posted as you're listening to this. Uh, but we are going to make our upset special picks. we got to do that every week. So Trey, who... Who's your uh, seven-plus point underdog that you're picking to win outright? Yeah, and I've got who? Who do I have here? No, hmm. I've got I've got Florida International plus seven. And who are they playing? They are playing. <laughs> <laughs> Trey made this pick earlier, and he forgot. I made, no because I want. I knew I was going to back Butch Davis, FIU. Oh, that's right. They're playing Liberty. All right. Yeah, because everyone oh. bought into Malik Willis, and, and I did too, actually. I really like them. But are they ready to be a, a, a over-a-touchdown favorite? FIU's pretty good. They have a really good – they're supposed to have a really good defensive front, a lot of experience, a lot of seniors. I uh, I think Bush Davis and FIU can keep it close and maybe pull off the upset. All right. I was got to say I was worried at the start there, but you ended up <laughs> – <doing laughs> I know. Yeah. forgot the win really part. well. Uh, so last week I had uh, Liberty winning outright over Western Kentucky. So two and zero with my underdog so far. 
This week, I'm taking West Virginia. Uh, they're a seven-point road dog uh, at Oklahoma State. And yeah, I'm going to pick them to win outright. I'm high on Neil Brown in, in year two. And Oklahoma State could be playing a freshman quarterback. So yeah, the recipe for an upset. Yeah, that's a good pick. You guys went with the uh, the super close seven-pointers here. I'm going to take a little bit of a long shot, a real long shot. I'm going to go with Mississippi State Bulldogs here. Ooh, um, okay. Yep. yep. Kind of like uh, Trey mentioned in our, our preview episode, I think Leach is likely to go and upset, upset somebody this year. He's kind of, you know, capable of doing that with that t- style of offense. So why not here against a team that's replacing their team? Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, at LSU, yeah. Yep. Mississippi State, sixteen and a half point dog. They can, they can, maybe they can do it. Okay, that's a it's a gutsy pick. Uh, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Every episode, of course, uh, we post in a on on YouTube. <laughs> really, <laughs> uh, we're so close to finishing this episode, and then we just flubbed it. Uh, uh, anyway, it? enjoy the we're start of fourth of quarter team. conference. What's that, Trey? I said we're not a fourth quarter team, apparently. This no, week. we're not. We're not. We're the opposite of Sam Howell in North Carolina. Uh, no, Big 12 play starting this week. SEC teams back in action for the first time. So it'll be a fun weekend. Enjoy it. And we will talk to everyone next week. We'll be better next week, I promise. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.